but I will make an agreement with you. You and your sons, your wife and your sons, wives will all go into the boat. Also you must bring into the boat two of every living thing, male and female. Keep them alive with you. There will be two of every kind of bird, animal, and crawling thing. They will have come to you to be kept alive. Also gather some of every kind of food, store it on the boat as food for you and the animals. Noah did everything that God commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. He and his wife and his sons went in to escape the waters of the flood. The clean animals, the unclean animals, the birds, everything that crawled on the ground came to Noah. They went into the boat in groups of two, male and female. This was just as God, God had commanded Noah. Ten days later, the flood started. As soon as, as God, and God said, I am making an agreement between me and you and every living creature that is with you. It will continue from now on. This is the sign 13. Oops. This is the sign I am putting my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of the agreement between me and the earth appears in the clouds. Then I will remember my agreement. It is between me and you, every living thing. Floodwaters will never again destroy all life on the earth. The word of the Lord. I invite you to stand as you are comfortable. The Gospel from Matthew, chapter 6. So I tell you, don't worry about the food you need to live, and don't worry about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your Heavenly Father feeds the birds, and you know that you are worth much more than the birds. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I invite our young ones to come forward for the children's message.
and boarding nights. Finally, the rain stopped. The sun came out, and Noah threw open all the windows, and everyone shouted, hooray! When he threw open the windows, Noah sent his dove out to explore, and it wasn't long before she brought back a fresh olive leaf. So what do you think that means, when she brought back that olive leaf? <coughs> that it was safe to come out and I thought it was 48 days and 48 nights. So that, yeah, the, the leaf meant that there was land somewhere because there had to be a tree growing to get that leaf. And so Noah, after he sent his dove out, the water started going down. And at last, the boat landed quite suddenly on top of a great mountain. Can you see it up there? Look at that. Isn't that strange? And as soon as it was safe, God said, out you come. And so they did. Everyone skipping and dancing onto the dry land. The first thing Noah did was to thank God for rescuing them just as he had promised. And the first thing God did was to make another promise. God said, I won't ever destroy the world again. And like the warrior who puts away his bow and arrow at the end of a great battle, God said, see, I have hung up my bow in the clouds. And why, what do you think this is called? It's a rain. It's a rainbow. And I think it's called a rainbow because... Well, it might be called a rainbow because well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, shaped like a ball, a little shape like that, and then has a string that goes across here. And it's got my favorite color. Your favorite color in the rainbow. Good. So that's God's promise, and it was a new beginning in God's world. So you heard that there, you saw that there were lots of animals on the ark. Well, I want you to remember that story, so I somebody... I can tell something on my phone now. Okay, well, just a second then, okay? And then I'll let you say something. So I want you to be able to, if somebody asks you about the Noah story, that you can tell them. So I have four different kinds of animals, and you get to choose one to take with you. Because, you know, God saved all those animals, two of each kind. But I only have four kinds, so you have to choose. And Xander, I have a cheetah, I think, in here. So let's see. I have a monkey. Okay. And what's it say? Can you read what it says? Xander, can you read what it says? Wild about genius. So there's a little monkey. All right. And I have more monkeys if you wanted a monkey. Oh, what's this? He doesn't have a long enough nap. It's a giraffe. That's right. So there's a giraffe. Oh, yeah. They all say wild about Jesus. Yeah, that's right, because they're wild animals. Okay, and then I also have... Rhino. Yeah. Yeah. And... What's this one? Okay, so you have to decide if you want a monkey, a rhino, a giraffe, or a cheetah. Which 
And I've got some more, so if you wanted a cheetah like Xander, I've got, and I've got another monkey. You want the giraffe? So which one do you want? You want the monkey, okay. All right, so let's put our hands together and say a little prayer today. Okay. Yeah, you have to say monkey, it's Hadley. So can you put your hands together? Ready? And repeat after me. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you for coming to the earth. Thank you for coming to the earth. And saving us. And saving us. And thank you, God. And thank you, God. For saving the animals and Noah. For saving the animals and Noah. And letting us enjoy the animals. And letting us enjoy the animals. As we can today. As we can today. Amen.
especially in readings from Genesis, this difficult, tragic story when God has a yet. Because it is a story of covenant, of the only promise God makes to every living creature in creation. It is maybe not totally age-appropriate for kiddos without some interpretation and simplification, but yet it is one of the first lessons we learn. My daughter Hadley, who just had to step out, it's a little bit boring listening to mommy talk and she can't hug me, she has a little toddler Bible that she got at her baptism, and it has this story in it, and it's even shorter than the one we read today. It just says, in a time when folks were bad, only Noah made God glad. God said, Noah, build a ship, pack a zoo, and take a trip. God made it rain for 40 days, still Noah always gave God praise. No more floods that big, God bowed, and wrote God's promise cloud to cloud. She has me reread that page over and over. And for many of us, when we were children, and for our children today, this is a lesson of God's sadness, because there is sadness in the world, and a lesson of God's promise of love in a sad world. And that's a pretty important lesson to learn when you're young and learning about God. But there is so much more to this Noah story, too. Of course, it's a story of violence and sin and brokenness in the world. And of course, it's a story of God's promises to care for creation, us included. But it's also about God's creation, about humanity's role in God's creation and God's relationship with every living creature on earth. Our reading today starts just after Genesis 6 begins with the violence and sin and brokenness, with the evil that exists in the world. And because of all this hatred, all that sadness, God is sad. God is grieved. God is heartbroken by this humanity that God so loves. Because since original sin, since Adam and Eve, humans have had a broken relationship with God and an even more broken relationship with each other and with all of creation. So, just before our reading begins, God decides to give up. Mostly. Except not totally, because God finds Noah, who is by no means perfect. In chapter 6, verse 9, the writer of Genesis describes Noah as the most innocent man of his time, and in chapter 7, verse 1 of Genesis, the Lord says, I have seen that you are the best man among the people of this time. There's a qualifier, right? Why am I? Thank you. I'm going to turn this off for a second and just yell loudly. Can you hear me in the back? Okay. So there is a qualifier, right? Noah isn't the most innocent or the best, period. But he is the most innocent, the best of the people of his time. Because God works with what God has. I don't remember that from Sunday school. Even with this off, okay. I can still, I can hear it even with it off, though. Okay, is that a little better? I just know that if I hear that ringing, I can't hear anything else. And so, okay. Greg said it's okay back there. So, the main lesson point of this part is God works with what God has, right? God doesn't choose the very best, the very most innocent, because no one meets that mark. God chooses the best that he can work with. And there is always a yet with God. All this violence, all this brokenness, all this sin, and yet God works with what God has. God doesn't choose 
the holy. God doesn't choose the worthy. God doesn't choose the sanctified. There's a bumper sticker, and it's a good one. God sanctifies the chosen, right? And so having chosen the best guy God could find in that time, God starts in with this relationship, and it's one of mutual agreement. It's the first agreement that God makes with Noah, and God says, I will protect you and your family, and Noah, you get building. God makes that first covenant, that first promise with Noah and his family, and has Noah include all of the animals of the earth in this new plan, in this new relationship. And as part of this relationship, as part of this role that Noah and his family are taking on in creation, Noah responds by doing his part. He builds the ark, the boat. Noah gets in the ark with his family, and the family care for each other and all the animals for more than a year on that giant boat. Because, yeah, it rained for 40 days, but it was more than a year after that rain started before they left the ark. Noah was 600. Wow, I'm really glad I'm not 600 years old. But he was 600 years old, building an ark, getting on the ark, living on the ark, 601 years old by the time he makes it off. That is a long time on a boat filled with your family and a lot of animals. But Noah and his family trust that God will keep God's promises, and God does. God remembers Noah, his family, all those animals, and stops the water after that 40 days. And after that year, when the waters finally recede, Noah and his family and all those animals leave the ark and enter into a new world, a new relationship with roles that are ancient, but are also new to them. Because God called for humans to be stewards of creation in Genesis 1, in the very beginning of our Bible, but through the floods, the relationship between humanity and the rest of creation are drawn together anew. And in that relationship, God is there, and God remembers. God declares this new relationship with Noah, with Noah's family, with every living creature, a new promise to never destroy like that again. A new promise never to give up on the world. In Genesis 8.22, God says, As long as the earth continues, there will be planting and harvest, cold and hot, summer and winter, day and night will not stop. God goes on to say, I am making an agreement, a covenant, a promise between me and you and every living creature. It will continue from now on. I will not give up on you. God makes this promise, I will not give up on you, and God marks this promise with a rainbow. So that whenever it rains, which in Washington we get reminded of this often, when the sun peeks through those clouds and those prisms of light appear, all of creation will remember that God won't give up. With every rainbow, God declares peace over violence, relationship over brokenness, love over hate, stewardship over destruction, life over death. With every rainbow. When God promises to every human, every animal, every living creature to never give up, God knows we're still broken. Noah and his family weren't sinless. Violence, brokenness, and sin still exist in our world and in us. Sometimes the violence in our lives is emotional. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's just the impact of hearing a new story of violence in our community, in our country, or far away. None of us are sinless. We all fail to live up to God's expectations. Even if someone believes themselves to be the most innocent or best person, there is always a qualifier. There is always a yet. 
yet we come up short. We fail to love God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls, and we fail to love our neighbor as ourselves. We have broken relationships with each other, with our neighbors, because of divisions and differences we have constructed. We don't always love our neighbor as we know we should. We get brought down by fear and lack of understanding, by lack of relationship with those who are different from us. And we come up with so many ways for us to be different, whether that be age, race, nationality, ethnicity, gender identity, sexual orientation, social status, economic status, housing status, physical abilities, mental abilities, substance abuse, you name it. Us humans have found a way to put obstacles in front of our relationships with our neighbors. And we put these same kind of broken relationship obstacles in front of our relationship with creation. We fail at being good stewards of this earth. We consume without thinking about the waste we create. We don't think much about those animals who may have survived the flood, but who couldn't survive humans poaching or destruction of forests, jungles, and oceans. And we might refuse to recognize our impact on this world, whether that be our climate, creature habitats, or even the impact we have on the homes of our fellow humans. We might forget that there are still residents in Flint, Michigan, and all over our country whose drinking water is contaminated, who have to purchase bottled water just to survive. Violence, sin, and brokenness still exist. And that's not something I remember from Sunday school. And yet, and yet, there is always a yet with God, and yet God still makes this promise in a sad world to every living creature, to each of us. God promises, I won't give up on you. God sends Jesus to this broken creation that God so loves because God will never give up on us. Jesus experiences the violence of his arrest and trial for every living creature, for us. Jesus bears the sin of the entire world on the cross for every living creature, for us. Jesus rises from the dead to bring new life to every living creature because God's love never runs out, because God's love never gives up. This is the impact that God makes on creation. So that with this new life, with this peace, this relationship, this love, we can be stewards God calls us to be the humanity that God hopes for us to be. God works with what God has, and God is working with you. I hope you hear that. God works with what God has, and God is working with each of you so that you can go out and share this relationship, this love, this promise in your relationships, in your community, in our world, so that we can care for every living creature, for the earth, for the creation that God calls us to steward that you can know hopefully something you learned in Sunday school and were reminded of today that you are loved, that Christ makes you worthy of this calling, and that God will never give up on you. Amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.